All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art From Here. My name's Hannah. I'm Digital Program Manager at Latitude 53. Latitude 53 is an artist-run center located on Treaty 6 territory. We acknowledge that so-called Edmonton is located on the ancestral and traditional territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, Nakota Sioux, as well as the Métis peoples. Our recognition of this land is an act of reconciliation towards the ongoing violence faced by Indigenous peoples and an expression of our gratitude for those whose territory we, re we reside on or are visiting tonight. So today's studio visit is a part of Art From Here, which is a project that highlights an artist monthly and gives them a platform to share with the community what they're currently working on or thinking about. And in addition to sharing the artist's work and their practice, we also share an associated writing from a collaborator, colleague, or a friend, followed by a studio visit with the artist and writer, like we're doing tonight. So this is a project that we've been working on in partnership with the Mitchell Art Gallery, Otsitsiwan, and the Society of Northern Alberta Print Artists, or SNAP. So this month, we're featuring Ryland Forty in conversation with Max Keen, and I am just gonna pass things right along to both of you to give some quick introductions to yourself and your practice, and then we can get started in our conversation tonight. So maybe I'll pass it over to Max to start. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you, Hannah, uh, for the introduction, and also thanks for uh, facilitating this. Uh, my name is Max Keen. I'm a visual artist, uh, current MFA candidate at the University of Victoria. Uh, but I was born in Edmonton, and I did my BFA in Edmonton. So I um, am, you know, part of, uh, I'm very much, Edmonton is very much home to me. And Ryland is a, I think he kind of fills all the three um, of collaborator, colleague and friend for me. So very uh, grateful to be doing a little bit of writing and talking with him. Uh, yeah, and I don't know, I'm an artist, I guess, as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much I should go into that, but um yeah really happy to be here wonderful i'm ryland i'm this month's art from here artist i'm been based in edmonton for four years now upcoming anyway and uh am moving to victoria at the end of the week to join max for my mfa so looking excited to doing that and uh yeah today we'll just be chatting about the work a little bit that i made uh the title disparate meander which is a collection of two sculptures, um, both kind of based around found objects and materials that I've been working with in my current studio space for the last two years. So the, the wishing well was the first thing I made there and the mask being the second. So if you're not familiar with the work, go on to Art From Here and uh, check out the, the photos and follow along. I think that would be a good place to start. But uh, yeah, there's two works, a wishing well sculpture and uh, the mask. And uh, maybe I'll just talk about them both physically before we kind of get into other things. The, uh, the wishing well is based around like a child's play structure or like a, you know, an infant would kind of tap some buttons and make things light up and uh, I kind of deconstructed it into being this kind of mythical site for, you know, maybe more adult play or, you know, imaginings more, uh, you know, a thought more thoughtful process of, uh, you know, maybe the metaphysical ab aspects of creation and, you know, what wishing might imply. Um, it's filled with lots of uh, little trinkets and things that both kind of hint towards us fantasy world that I'm creating, but also trinkets that, you know, a child might encounter. You know, it's kind of a, a dream space, if you will. And then the, uh, the mask is, uh, it's made from plastic, plastic bags that have been melted down and kind of formed into this abstract mask, dinosaur skull. Um, yeah, those are the, the two the two things that this project kind of surrounded. Yeah, so Ryland, um, it's great to get that intro hearing about like the materiality of the work because I think your material process is something that uh, is really interesting to me. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about 
the, you know, the way that you're working, talking about working with like the kiddie pool for the well and things like that, uh, you're obviously working with this mix of found materials and then certain materials that you're seeking out to, to build a piece. Um, I'd love to hear about like how your material guides you, whether it's, you know, do you find an object like a kiddie pool and say, okay, what can I make of this? Or do you have this idea initially, like building a well, and then you find the objects and build going from there? I mean, I think the, they both go hand in hand. The well, I saw one of these child structures in, in the alley one time, and it just kind of sparked this like, oh, like I've, I've been thinking about the wishing well as kind of a, a symbol for a while. And I, and I saw the, the play thing in the alley, and I was like, that's, that's the missing piece. Like that kind of ties it together both like material the materiality of it and the structure but it also has a nice conceptual angle too but so when I went to go back to salvage it it was gone so I ended up looking and then seeking one out to go find it okay and then uh with the mask I've been trying to work with this melted plastic for a while to find a way that both was easy and like a nice actual process of working with the material but a way that kind of tied it back into the the material a bit within a conceptual way or I was making a first I just started melting bags and things like in my oven at home and making climbing holds for a, a DIY climbing wall out back and then I started kind of making more like sheet goods that I would cut with a, a jigsaw and make shapes and things but once I kind of arrived at this more organic way of working with it where I'd make a rough kind of model of what pieces I would need but then almost in a more like painterly way, would kind of just let it melt into the forms and just loosely form it as I would go to build up to being this more organic thing. So I guess it can, it can go both ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you no, know, it's interesting because like the two pieces to me are very different in, in that way. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it's nice to see, because it's clearly two very different approaches. Like you have one where you can sort of uh, do the, um, you can sort of like reverse the process of making it in your mind. Like the more you look at it, you're like, Oh, that's a kiddie pool, you know? And that's right. like, and that's what that would have looked like before. Or these are pieces of something else that have been like reassembled and put together. Uh, and then the mask one is like, it, it's very different. I mean, it looks like it's an object that's been transformed to some degree. Like it looks like uh, it used to be something else and it's changed. Uh, but it's not like something where you can point like, oh, that's what it was. And it works differently, like in a, in a nice way. Yeah, I think the max, ma mask <laughs> is a kind of departure in ways I've worked sculpturally where, you know, it's more like working with clay or stone. Like it, it is, you know, it's more a raw sculpture. It's not based off a, a pre-existing item, which I think a lot of my work has typically been based around where this was you know, yeah, like fully just seeing where the process goes and what it led to and then being, you know, leaning into the process itself and seeing what it delivers. Right. Yeah, totally. And um, like the one thing that I was thinking about when I did the write up uh, about your work mm -hmm. was like the reason I was referencing, like, I guess for anyone that hasn't read it, uh, referencing the types of sculpture and art or, and, and things like that that you would see at West Edmonton Mall. And like the way that like you, if you're making something in that context, you're working within like a pretty significant constraint, but there's moments where sometimes the art that you see in that context is actually kind of good. And it's because um, the passion for it or like the desire to make something is like cut through the constraint to some degree. And like, I see your work is like dealing with constraints in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, working with a found object and trying to make something out of it like okay how do i make a kiddie pool into something interesting right you know, that's a constraint uh but then also just the constraint of like using these kind of forms of like garbage or plastic that are like inherently sort of unappealing uh to make something interesting out of them do you have any thoughts about that like do you think constraint is fruitful or like what like do you think about constraint in your work yeah i think the like I used to probably in my undergrad typically call myself a painter and was always a painter, but I arrived to the point where content itself was such a hard hurdle to overcome with painting. Like, how do you paint? What do you paint? You know, these were all such difficult questions where I found sculpture was much more fulfilling in 
what you're doing, like it, it already, the pieces already exist, you know, sculpture is inhabits our world. So therefore getting the challenge of what to make you're, you're making with what already is. And that kind of unlocked this big puzzle for me where, you know, I kind of referenced it in my, my uh, text a little bit, but, you know, uh, we've kind of like as society, you know, everything that is ex exists, exists because we've said it can, like we've given them the power to, to exist. So it's like, they already has, you know, a, uh, yeah, like an integrity of objects already in them. And so to kind of visit those things that exist, it's like they have some sort of like power that I can extract. And I think that's kind of where I started latching on to this fantasy aesthetic a little bit, where that, yeah, that jump that we gave to things is kind of as if they're these, you know, more magical objects that are in our in our sphere, you know, and I, I think you you can relate to this in, in your work where, you know, it, I think what I'm really getting at is just trying to see things like from a new perspective or seeing a new. Mm -hmm. So to kind of visit them from an outside perspective where everything is has full of potential to kind of unlock the, you know, the secrets inside them was what really got me working with sculpture and the, the kind of fantasy world that I'm working in. Well, yeah, totally. And I think like the um, work that uh, is about seeing or, or seeing things like uh, with fresh eyes or, or what have you is uh, work that can influence the way that you perceive the world after the fact or like your experience of that work can influence your perception of other spaces or things. Yes. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I think if work can do that, that's like amazing. I think that's where the uh, the kiddie pool aspect or like the the child's play structure like really tied into that because that's such an age where you know the whole world is new you know you're always at the point of discovery so I think that was a nice reference back into that we're just and that's why the world becomes more this you know this fantasy space and like you know my work definitely has some gothic kind of you know darker aesthetics to it but I think that's also just because things are more shrouded in mystery or you know it's not necessarily a negative sense but just kind of more of that sense of bewilderment and unknownness mm. yeah well that, that reminds me of something that it might be a tough question to answer but the two pieces have this artificial degradation to them like they don't look like shiny new plastic they look like they've been degraded mm -hmm. and it's like something that we see like this kind of artificial degradation of things in a lot of different forms of media or like, I don't know, clothes or, or things like that. It's like sort of all around us. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what do you think it is about like a worn out plastic form? That's more interesting than a clean, pristine plastic form. I guess to me, it maybe situates it in a, in a false timeline. Like I think of this as, you know, I mean, it is both our timeline looking at it, but it's maybe, you know, in the future where we're looking back on the things that exist now as these relics or these things that have been lost to time and kind of become these like artifacts or relics or, you know, something you'd find in an old decrepit chapel in the woods kind of thing, you know, like it, it puts it into a, a, like more of a scenario or story outside of our, our world, I guess. Sure. Like you insert it, you project a narrative onto an object. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, it, even though it's maybe not an explicit narrative, it just, it situates it somewhere elsewhere, which maybe would just help with how you're relating to it. And like, you can enter a space instead of it maybe confronting you fully in yours or something. Mm. Yeah. It, well, it also just makes me think about like how objects end up, uh, in the world there, like you make, you make like a plastic bottle or whatever, and you probably, you don't imagine it being like, you know, crushed and left on the side of the road and accumulating like scrapes and dust, but we see that all the time. Like yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that's like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's more interesting than, than like a, a clean mechanically produced plastic sculpture because it looks more like a thing that I would just see in my everyday life and in a way that's kind of like, makes me look at the the everyday a little bit differently it doesn't look like something you'd see in a store it looks like something right, yeah. left outside um you know getting dust on it or something 
Yeah, I think like there's some practical elements. Like, you know, I'm definitely an artist that like I leave my hand in the work a lot. Like things are messy. It's the way you build it is the way it is. You know, I'm not trying to create a perfect object because I could never achieve that. And with that being said, just, you know, getting away from building sculpture with new things, you know, I think that was an aspect that I kind of had to deal with too, or maybe you're just contributing to a lot of extra waste and stuff, but kind of trying to find a balance between those two areas too, where, you know, if things are, if, if you don't have a pristine starting base, you know, that's okay. Like make that a part of the project and trying to find like a perfectly new aspect for your sculpture, you know? Yeah. Well, to me, that makes me think about like trying to have um, this, like this human element of like the, you know, like when I was thinking about the um, relationship that I see to this type of sculpture and like a, uh, like a commercially produced sculpture in a, in like a commercial setting or whatever, it's like, you're, you're kind of coming up against this rigid structure, whether it's like the material or the reason for making it. And this like human element is coming through, even though the forms are so synthetic. And so like, I mean that, yeah, I, I think when you're talking about the idea that, uh, you leave your hand in and you're not afraid to do that. It's like, you know, that's where that tension comes from. It's, it's like this human, this human impulse or human element coming through, even though the uh, material is uh, so unnatural. Yeah. I think there's like a perceived value of things being like trying to become perfect, you know, where things are just like, I mean, craftsmanship is obviously a real thing where something that's made nice too, but there's also, a weird pursuit of ideals there that I think I struggle with where like, yeah, well, like I don't want to contribute to a, just a luxury good market or something, you know, like I'm, I'm searching for something a little different than that. Sure. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, and yeah, that makes me think of like constraints outside of material constraints, but like the constraints of like a market or trying to work within like an art market or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I know I, I sort of keep coming back to this idea, but it was just what I was thinking about writing about the work. And like, I, I was thinking about how like 500 years ago as an artist, you're like trying to make a great piece of art in spite of the king or in spite of right, the church right, right, or something right, like right. that. And then you're now, you're trying to make art in spite of like being surrounded in guard and plastic and like a market and you yeah. know these sorts of things yeah. um commodity culture yeah for sure yeah. i was gonna ask you more about like the distinction between the two pieces like how uh they function so differently for me just because the i don't really read the mask as like uh, a specific thing like it doesn't it looks like a mask and like if you say it's a mask it's like okay that's where i go with it but uh it has like this degree of ambiguity to it that's like very different than what I've seen in, in mm. work you've done in the past. Like, is that, I don't know. What do you think of that? Or how do you, how do you feel about like ambiguity in the work? I mean, that's something I'm maybe not as good with is just leaving things to be ambiguous, mostly because, you know, I, I, it's a more difficult thing of like, how do I understand it? You know, that's, that's something I'm going to learn as I continue to make these. Cause that, that is still a very new, I've made, two and a half of these so far. So it's a fairly new avenue. But I think I had a, a loose idea that it was, you know, mask-like to some degree. Like I was thinking about, you know, dinosaur maquettes you see in museums or even like the H.R. Giger alien and, you know, these sort of monsters and shields and, you know, something that was derived from, you know, something living or, you know, in, in that but as I built it, it became more abstract, which I liked. Like at first, you know, I, the way I envisioned it looked completely different. You know, it was probably more of a more accurate portrayal of, of a skull, but I liked how it become, became abstract. And I think that's a way I'll lean into them as they get further made. Right. Yeah, cool. I, th I think we had a comment there that uh, Tracy uh, says it looks like a fossil. And I think it totally does. And it's a funny thing to like compare it to because it looks like a dinosaur fossil and it also just looks like, reminds you uh, about plastic. <laughs> like yeah, life, I mean, I, I think that's plastic, like, you know? yeah. I think that's like the stepping, the conceptual stepping stone, which is, you know, one, the first of many, I think, and where this work will go. But I wanted to kind of give that 
the old bones, new desk or new life kind of thing, you know, taking this, you know, it's like a fossil fuel, fossil, it's plastic, but it's also, you know, oils like death in the ground. And then it comes back out as these kind of abstract, hideous, you know, monsters or spirits or something. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting to me, it's like an interesting change in terms of your practice, just because I, I, I'm attracted to how uh, it leaves a lot to the viewer in a nice way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, um, I, I feel like the, in general, they have like a nice playing, like the two there, one is a lot more pointed and one is a lot more ambiguous, but it's kind of, um, the first impression of the work, like it uses all these sensibilities uh, visually that are so indicative of like things we're familiar with, but then it, it like, you investigate it a little bit more and it, it really falls apart. And like the, uh, I think that that sort of like pulling the rug out from under you thing is nice. Uh, and the, the well is like, okay, that looks familiar. That looks like something I would see in one context or another at like, you know, a mini golf course or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like the mask is not familiar. The mask is like, it's vaguely, like it looks sort of like something. And so it's like, there's a nice play. I think. Like it's, it's nice to be, uh, to have like the, something that brings you into it and gives you some expectation and then kind of like flipping the expectation. of it. Right. Well, something I, I showed this work in person last week at our, at the soft gallery in uh, a garage gallery, me and some friends run, but there was, it was nice seeing people's reactions to it and pulling out little connections that, you know, I forgot were, you know, in this, in the wishing well one, like there's this pocket and I don't know if any of the pictures reveal it, but it's near the tin can. There's kind of a pocket into the back. And I put all these little micro dinosaur toys kind of in the hole. Mm -hmm. And like, I completely forgot they're there. And people are like, Oh, like there's buried dinosaurs in here. And I was like, Oh, that's like, that was a nice little surprise to bring back and kind of compare that back to the, how I've been thinking about the mask and things like that. That's funny. That's funny. You forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Cause the well, I mean, this, the title kind of serves two purpose. Like the, the well was kind of this, this meandering site for me. Like it was kind of the test site for a lot of different just techniques I was working on or, you know, different ways of working with materials just to kind of put them all in one place and see what they become. Cause most work I've done kind of isolates one of those sorts of techniques and just makes a sculpture about that. Like I have a magic card sculpture. I have this, you know, the little tree sculpture, a can sculpture, but this was the place where I got to kind of work with them all up against each other or just a looser way of working with them. Yeah, then, totally. Like it, it feels very explorational. Like you're just kind of letting your yourself be guided by each different idea, it feels like an accumulation of like playing with ideas. Totally. And like that, and that's what it kind of like then going deeper into the more conceptual, like, you know, metaphysical abs, uh, ways that like art is, you know, I was trying to like, I've been always trying to figure out like, what is art for me? What am I doing with it? And it is that kind of, you know, like there's no real right way to, you know, experience your life. Everyone's just going down their own different you know, strands of, you know, ability or, you know, things to do, like, uh, I kind of wrote it as, a, you know, they're uh, like, we're, we're a human algorithm and each of these little frequencies of materiality are just getting shaped and reshaped. And, you know, it's almost like the universe experiencing itself as it goes deeper down these lines, like, you know, somebody has to do all these, these random tasks, you know, like there has to be someone who, makes a, a weird thing happen or you know it's just further pushing the human experience in every direction right on yeah <laughs> oh, I, I i think that's great like the um i think there's like a yeah i don't know this sense of like uh trying to uh just see what you can do and, and like yeah. what happens if you do this and, and like that playfulness really comes through in a great way like i think it's uh it feels very lively for that reason um, yeah, so I mean, I guess the other thing that I, I think about uh, when I see your work is like how, how do you feel about using sensibilities that like, 
people might find kind of repulsive to some degree, like things like using using forms that are uh, kind of garbagey or plasticky. Like, do you like how do you approach that? Do you feel like that's a you're trying to like subvert people's expectations or like um, is it just what you're drawn to? I, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. I think I used to try to make work that was, you know, cleaner and more just, you know, quote unquote, beautiful. But as you know, like, I definitely make work that I'm drawn to or want to see. And that's, but the, the well, I, I mean, I guess I was kind of just referring to that too. A lot of other things have been just more an isolated, you know, one material work, but here to see everything up against each other in this more, I mean, for me, this is quite a maximal approach, which was you know, just one of my own artistic struggles of like trying to really have something that's condensed and lots of information and lots of, lots of nuggets. So it was, it was a new territory for me to explore that as well. But yeah, I think I, I just want like to instill like a sense of wonderment, you know, like to, for even, you know, it's, it's a small sculpture in a general sense, but I think, you know, for it, to be like you know one of two sculptures in a space or something for people to stand around and it can deliver enough there's enough little nuggets in there and little things that tie together and it just you know it's, it's just eye candy in a way there's lots of textures there's lots of stuff going on so yeah you want people to like dive into it and kind yeah. of explore and get that yeah like i loved even hearing people like oh like you know like what is the scale of it? Is it like, you know, meant for like Warhammer characters or is it, you know, for our scale or is it somewhere in between? And I liked the ambiguity of what is it for or, you know, yeah, is it an artifact for us or is it a, a world you shrink down and enter or something? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it totally looks like a miniature if you don't know the scale. And, and I think that's why I immediately I went to like thinking about, it's very funny because like <laughs> you obviously just did an exhibition where uh, you made a mini golf course right. uh, with a bunch of other artists uh, that I happen to be in. But I was thinking like, it's so, it, you know, it's interesting thinking about the, the piece you made for the mini golf course, because I look at this and I'm like, oh my God, it totally reminds me of like a mini golf course sculpture. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's totally different than what you made. It's just an interesting like Venn diagram of some some interest you have because like it reminds me of uh these sort of um or like a model train yeah, sculpture yeah. of some kind i mean it's obviously like a little too wild for that but the the fake natural materials and like the real consideration of, of form and things like that um and it's like it's funny because it's like people obviously that's like um this kind of you know it's like like Hobby Lobby um, or not Hobby Lobby. What's it called? Uh, what's the one called that's on Stony Plain or it's not? Yeah, Stony yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I can't. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. It looks like something somebody could make from there, you know, from that uh, Hobby Wholesale. Yeah, that's My it. dad was a, a model yeah. train set guy growing up. So I probably. That's, a, that's yeah. had a, probably had an influence on you. Yeah, I probably extracted a little bit. Like I was using a lot of those techniques, you know, using the sawdust and painting it green for grass and just, <laughs> you know, the way you insert little trees and things. Yeah, that's great. Well, and like, I mean, I think that stuff is like amazing, you know, like it's, it's, it's not um, it, it, like people, I think have a gut reaction to it of like being like not really liking that or thinking it's like goofy or whatever. Uh, but it's like, it, I think they're pretty amazing. Like a good model train sets. It's like, this is, this is taking an immense amount of work and care. Oh, and consideration. I think, yeah, I totally think they're fascinating. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, I see you as totally being influenced by that because I think that the person that makes the model train set has the same maybe curious impulse to some degree. Yeah. And I like, I was definitely struggling with the kitsch aspect or to what, you know, how much I should lean into that and or how much, yeah, like towing that line a little bit was it was a challenge. And in the end, I got good reception from it, but it was a, a hard thing to work through just in my own state well i guess that's yeah that's kind of what i was asking earlier about like your opinion of using like forms that might repulse people because like you know like kitsch is this thing that like it's it's like a like it becomes like a signifier for like oh don't take that seriously you know like if you have something that looks like kitsch and so but i mean i guess your answer is that you just want to 
make people curious about the work or like I don't know maybe yeah and I'm like I mean I guess you know that stuff we're calling kitsch is the real stuff like that is you know it's it's everywhere that is the stuff that inhabits our world like this isn't a, a step outside of that it just it is so yeah and like I mean even with the wishing well like you know you're wishing for a different future but the reality is that's like the one we have is like the the best version because we've made it that way well that's like uh why i kept thinking about west edmonton mall because it's you right. know, like when you live in like in edmonton it's like the specter of the mall haunts your life it's like this sort of thing that you don't think about it but it's like it is kind of this defining character of the city in a way that's yeah, like yeah. really weird and i remember i used to love going there which like no local could understand but it's like it's like well it's just it's just bizarre it's like and it's it's compelling and like there it's like uh over the top and sort of doesn't look like anything else and uh like that it's your work triggers that same thing in my brain and I was thinking it's like a nice connection point to like you know being an artist from here it's like I see you as like trying to, you know, you're, you're taking some of those sensibilities right. and, and transforming them or, or doing something different with them. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think this yeah, goes back to why I kind of started leaning to sculpture more, but, you know, as, you know, society modernized or whatever, you know, we used to have real things, then they became, you know, we can take photographs and, you know, especially when, yeah, when I was more into like post-internet art type you know, theory around that, but now synthetic things and representations of things can mean the same thing as real things, or I mean, or the idea of real has been kind of broken down a little bit. So when you go to the mall, it's like, no, this is like some bizarre version of a utopia or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you know, using the kind of object signifiers to you know, express the, you know, what, how we associate to them has been, and I, I think that's where the fantasy thing comes from. Like it is kind of just a bizarre subverted fantasy world of like all this synthetic recreations of idealisms and utopias. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, um, I, I guess I also think about the mall as being this very, like when you say utopia or whatever, like, this very constructed space, like very constructed. Like every single element is considered, you know, like the air is all filtered. Uh, the There's like fake skylights uh, that remind me of the background in your piece in West yeah. Ed and things like that. Uh, Actually painted, by the way, it's not Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Had some people thinking it was fake. Did you? Well, that's how you know you've executed it uh, technically well. They should go see the show and then they can find out for themselves exactly yeah. yeah um but that's the risky run taking photos and putting them on the internet you know? yeah <laughs> um but yeah like i um i like that consideration of the whole space too um the painted wall like as a sort of backdrop um i like a painted set you know like a painted yeah. backdrop for a movie or something like that it's very it's a satisfying thing and this, uh, it, it just checks out with like this kind of consideration of the whole space and environment. And uh, when you talk about utopia, it's, yeah, it makes me think of that. Yeah, and it was a nice, you know, way to lean into it being a virtual exhibition, you know, just kind of, yeah, the, you know, even the whole idea of the cloud or just, you know, it just gave it a nice surreal kind of backdrop for, for the photograph, you know, you can kind of play with the, how the camera inhabits the space too, which was, really turned out nice. I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, it definitely looks very um, not like it doesn't look real in a way that makes sense with the work. Like it looks, I can see why people thought it was photoshopped, you know. But yeah, I, I wonder what else I can ask you. Should I grill you? Should I ask you a tough question? Oh, why not? If you got, if you got one, uh, you've been cooking up. Honestly, I don't really. I, uh, I just wanted to say that I would, I was going to, <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, it's been great to hear more about your process in terms of 
decision making and, and what leads you down sort of rabbit holes that you go down. Um, for me, it's like, uh, I, I think what I am really drawn to is the degree to which it's like, you're, it's almost like you're struggling against these materials and, and forms in a way that, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it, to me, it's compelling the tension between you, your human touch and your sort of desire to make something meaningful and then the, the medium that you use, the materials and things like that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't hope, know if I have uh, a question linked to that, but it's what comes to mind. Oh, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel every time I approach making a, an artwork because it's definitely a, a harder way to work. So that's something I'm going to be looking forward to honing in. But it is, I love that there's new potential every time I approach something. So Andrew Hood, what's your question? Any type hello, of- Hello, hello, hey. Uh, hey. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> it's going good. Uh, it's nice and hot here. Uh, when first hey, yeah, is it, is it the same as it is on the island? Cause I'm like, I'm baking like a potato over here. Oh, uh, it's hot. It's hot, yeah. baby. Yeah, all right. It's tropical. <laughs> um, yeah, so my question is basically, you know, when I look at your work, it kind of, indicates to me this idea of synthetic as the future mm. and, and then these kind of like motifs or symbols at play as a representation of the past right and these and this kind of like meeting place at least that's kind of what i see i'm just kind of curious you know because you use like in the case of the mask you use plastics and you kind of like create this plastic form that shows the hand of the maker as sort of this attempt to humanize it yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm i'm kind of curious um mm -hmm. you know are you only interested in working with the kind of product of these synthetic processes like plastics or like highly fabricated products that already exist or are you interested at all in kind of like interfering in the synthetic process where you're like creating your own plastics or create, you know, sort of like interfering in that process, whether it's like, I don't know, in my mind, I'm thinking about like digital fabrication tools, of course. Right. And, uh, you know, like, do you have any interest in kind of diving into that world and seeing if you can sort of throw a wrench to, to make a more kind of human space in that very kind of robotic mm. space? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice. A lot, a lot to chew on there. But I mean, I think something like the well where I'm putting in fake plants or something, I think that could be a zone where, you know, I can actually, you know, work with real organics and kind of have these things playing up against each other. But even, or, and, and yeah, you know, here where I'm like using a lot of found trinkets or something, I think using you know, fabrication processes to like cast my own things to use instead is an avenue I've thought about as well. But I think this is, uh, you know, going into school is going to be the kind of make or break for a lot of these, these kind of ideas. But you gave me a lot of food for thought there. Thank you. Andrew. Oh, that's great. For, Thank for you. Your great question. Okay, so I guess, yeah, well, let's open it up. Any other questions? Anyone else have any, uh, any brain teasers? Any, uh, you know, anything that'll get us putting our thinking caps on? No pressure. Oh, Kosar. Hand up from Kosar. Hello. Hi. Sorry. Hi, Kosar. Um, hi, how's it going? <laughs> Thank you. That was a very thoughtful discussion. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, hearing your back and forth. Um, I'm very new to your work uh, and not having seen it in person. Uh, it sounds like it was a digital exhibition. I did look at that, um, but I don't really have a question, but there were a few things that stood out to me as really interesting. Yeah. One, your oh, mention yeah. of how objects are physical realities that are already built. And so we've accepted them as beings. Mm. Uh, whereas maybe when painting something, you have to not, not necessarily justify, uh, but sort of create worth in it as being an image. Uh, whereas like with found materials, especially the object is 
accepted by human beings because right. yeah. it was made in the first place. And so that was a very interesting thing to think about for myself um, and sort of think about how they can be elevated to an art art right. like point of view, not, not elevated, because not to say that optics don't, uh, there's not a hierarchy per se, but to yes, shift them yeah. from realm to realm. So I found that really interesting. And then thinking about um, what uh, I think Andrew was also saying, a question of time, because you mentioned like uh, making these new things uh, look old and then, but they really don't exist in a specific time frame. So right. I'm thinking like, do you have any ideas about time? <laughs> you know, just general questions. What is existence? What is time? Um, do you think they uh, belong to the future? Um, and does ev anything that is made for the future sort of exist in the past because we have no reference for the future? Yeah, um, yeah. And then talking of, uh, I also found the, uh, I've never been at Edmonton, but uh, reading Max's write-up um, and, and having heard Max talk a lot about uh, West Edmall, um, I, I think I sort of got the aesthetics of, well, like the 80s, just because of like the mall phenomenon. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I can see that in your, in your work uh, and how some of those are distorted um, to, yeah. So what is the past, present and future? Um, how, how do you see time or do you see it to be in like a different alternate reality altogether i don't know any 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 thoughts for me yeah i mean i guess i'm just like a, a sci-fi fan so there is some sort of just you know speculative futuring going on where you know just kind of seeing you know how society's running and just you know where these things would run, run out to but then i always like introducing back into it like you know if you were you know a time traveler or you know someone discovering now then maybe after you know humans have existed or you know something like that what these artifact artifacts would kind of you know reveal about us or something yeah okay cool cool uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i do really like the aesthetic and uh especially what Max said about it not being polished in a world where everything is, you know, designed and presented uh, and everyone knows how to how to present things, I think, even ourselves on, yeah. on the internet and how things, um, how do you sort of, them being material objects and if you're experiencing them as an object, you're saying like your process is very, very like apparent in it or you can see the hand working in, in the materials, but then it, ends up on a website and it ends up living as an image yeah. and, and it again becomes this like polished documentation um yeah I'm, I'm just thinking about those ideas and <laughs> I know there's not a clear question there to answer yeah. but it's, I find it very interesting to how we can bridge that gap or um what sort of like having non-polished things can can teach us about the world or yeah it's, it's uh, change a hard our way of looking go of in this kind of you know day and age to have things that are imperfect living on mm. you know and I think that's always just like you know and probably all artists kind of have that struggle of you know of what degree things can exist yeah but yeah I like that like I mean you know, even talking about the 80s mall aesthetic where like those utopias of those malls they're all getting degraded now too and they're falling apart and already becoming things of our distant past so you know it's, it's happening before our eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kosar. Yeah, one thing that that uh, brought to mind was uh, the idea that the future presented in your work is maybe like an idea of the future that was from some other time, if that makes sense. Yeah, like uh, a, a yeah. real scientific, you know, like I... I mean, I throw the, the word magic around a lot. So I think there's like a good dose of magic in kind of everything I do. So. Also, I got called out for talking about the mall. Um, <laughs> realized that I was doing that. But yeah, no, I, yeah, the mall is, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, I don't know if like is the right word, but I'm fascinated you know um it's and yeah i mean it's one of those spaces it's just like 
maybe it is part of maybe part of the interest is these uh the idea of like what it presents as a what could have been you know mm -hmm. like it's it's very strange was i alive when there were live animals there in glass cases <laughs> yeah so i do recall this i uh yeah there was like I think they still do those seal shows too, right? Like, I mean, there's I don't, animal, know, I don't even know if there's seals anymore. Okay, well, nonetheless. Yeah. At one point in time, they're oh, they still do. They st okay, well, you know, <laughs> it's up for debate. I'll go see. It's up for debate. So I'll go. I'll have to go myself. But uh, I'll tell you that was that's a puzzling choice <laughs> to have live animals in the mall. I mean, they still uh, have live children playing hockey. Uh in the in the middle ring so yeah i know but that's kind of <laughs> you know honestly i find i find that part of the architecture actually quite stunning like that area with the rink with the big dome over top is like i think that's a nice i think that's a nice little piece of architecture there i mean i didn't realize but the architect who did west ed did city center and a lot of i think he did kingsway who you know i didn't even want to get into it but yeah. i Why actually was thinking about do not get me started on the mall yeah, i was thinking about getting into this because the <laughs> city center the city center is the superior mall city center that's that's coming from somebody that has a lot of lot to say about west ed city center has uh yeah so it's the same architect marcel something uh and the city center dome yeah beautiful and the sculptures around city center mall are weird they're like these steel abstract sculptures uh that hold like hand sanitizer dispensers and are just like random like in different places of the mall it's the underdog and i think it's the superior and it's always I, empty. I didn't want to go into it it felt way too in the weeds yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. so empty yeah true yeah i will oh, say one we, thing i will say one thing about the mall <laughs> please I'm like, because if I know you're probably you're probably, it's probably killing you not being able to. I, it's it's physically painful for me, but I'm also <laughs> like I should not, I cannot. This is not my artist. <laughs> we, we've gone off a little bit. I think we're, we're <laughs> in fun great. time now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if people want to leave, you can leave. We're having mall talk. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> please don't leave. Uh, yeah, I think as as some of you may know, I've been doing a lot of uh, research about the mall and about malls for for a, a act for an actual real curatorial project that is actually happening um right. anyways i just i really liked what we had kind of talked about earlier about like the idea of utopias and kind of like created utopias like it's it's not like a real space and i can totally see that um represented in both the mall and your work rylan just the way that the mall is also this like despite within your work there is like your hand is present it is i it does feel very like carefully crafted to me and very mm -hmm. like thought out like things are kind of especially this piece is it is very kind of meticulous just like the amount of detail that's in it um and i can see that represented in the mall and just the way that the attractions in west Edmonton mall were made to be representations of of other places take for example like Europa Boulevard made to look like a European street yeah and the concept behind that is is to create a replacement for the real thing like it was mm -hmm. to make it so that people visiting the mall would be like oh great I don't have to go to Europe now like that <laughs> that was the thought behind it so I just think that I don't know I don't have a question I these are just thoughts but the yeah, yeah. the way that it, it's kind of the like maybe the fantasy in your work maybe we don't have to go down that specific path if we right. see that representation like it's like maybe it's kind of dark and maybe we can imagine a different future totally yeah okay great closing words yes and i and i i wonder how much i whether subconsciously or otherwise thinking about uh you know being reached out to by ryland and of course knowing hannah as well uh just couldn't couldn't help but talk about the old mall because <laughs> it just felt felt like it made a little bit too much sense uh but yeah that was great man i uh i love i very much look forward to this curatorial project does anyone have any other questions um before we wrap up tonight 
Well, thank you everyone for attending. Thank you, Hannah, for hosting and putting this all together. And I love yes. giving Max a little platform to talk and just hang out. So Anytime. yes, I, um, yeah, I, I wanted to say for those who, I mean, I guess Ryland did mention this off the top, but uh, um, Ryland uh, heading out of Edmonton to go do his MFA. I just want to say uh, Ryland, when he was in Edmonton was like this, he was a complete force for good and made so <laughs> many great things happen. Uh, he is 100% going to be missed, but I am very much looking forward to having him out here. And, uh, and thank you so much to Hannah, who I think uh, Latitude is very lucky to have. Uh, um, so yeah, thank you both. And uh, for all of our guests, thanks for the questions and encouragements and thoughts. It was uh, very nice to hear your perspectives as well. And uh, yeah, looking um, forward to taking the knowledge to new frontiers. Uh, Tracy wants to know where you're doing your MFA, Ryland. Uvic, uh, yeah. Represent. Moving within the, the week here, more or less, so. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, everybody. Um, thank you to Max and Ryland for being here. Uh, if you haven't checked out the work on Art From Here, please do. Um, it'll be up on the front page for the rest of the week, and then it'll be archived on the site, so still available. And this a recording of this chat will also be available if you missed any part of it. And I also want to thank, of course, Latitude 53, the Mitchell Art Gallery, SNAP, and Otsitsiwan for their support on this project. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it for tonight, guys. Um, please make sure to check out Bryland and Max on social media. Keep an eye on their upcoming MFA stuff. Um, yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming <laughs> tonight everyone. before we keep rambling on about them all. Um yeah, <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Just the homies now. <laughs> okay, bye.